0: Hey, welcome. This is Raf from Adventures in DeFi Kingdoms streaming live above the keep in the hot air balloon. I'm hoping squatters right supply after so long that we'll be able to uh, to claim it as our own. Uh, tonight, I have Neindorf with me. Please say hi. How are we doing? All right. And we have a very special guest, Sandwich Punch. Do you want to introduce yourself?
1: Hey, guys. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Um, so yeah, I've Uh, Just a quick introduction. Been in the DeFi Kingdoms community since day one, really. Been in crypto since 2017. Um, My fiat mind's job is that I'm an attorney, so I like to analyze things. I I don't necessarily like to, but I read a lot and I write a lot. So a lot of you might have seen some of my Medium articles. And yeah, just excited to join you guys and talk about game mechanics and just defi kingdoms in general
2: oh yeah absolutely i've been loving your articles i i hear you got a new one maybe we'll chat about it in a bit but uh, i haven't had a chance to catch that one um so i got a question for you guys you know we we love this game right um what is your biggest let's call it a mistake or an oopsie so far
0: oh gosh i i remember it clearly um it was the the night before uh, wishing well went live, and I was on Discord messaging a guy to get a legendary G- or about forty five hundred jewel. I have not stopped kicking myself um, before that that little boom in in the hero market, and it became forever out of my reach. So that's uh, <laughs> you know I guess the opportunity lost I, I'll peg as my biggest mistake. Oh yeah, that's one. How about you samish
1: uh yeah mine is also in the gen zero realm so i have two less gen zeros than i originally minted and um i regret selling both of them the first one i sold for 3500 jewel which at the time so this was this was pre-tavern so this was everyone was in the dfk wiki uh discord you know Wild West. Pri- private deal. Everyone's using Sarah and Zyler for escrow. Anyways, sold sure. the Gen Zero for 3500 Joule, jewel, which was equal to about $8,000 at the time. So it kind of hurts, but you know, you win some, you lose some.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. It, it, I, I didn't expect all three of our stories to be around Gen Zeros, but I was in there for the original mint too. And I think I had about um, 1400 jewel, was all I had scraped together at that point. Uh, lined up trying to mint that gen zero and uh of course i had my laptop and i went to click the button and it scrolled out of my screen and i couldn't hit the approve button and by the time i got to it the price was at 1700 and i was like you've got to be kidding me so oh man uh that's funny but here we are awesome game still love it though
0: yeah, here we are. So um, great question, Neindorf. Um, so today is uh, December 13th, Monday, and they had an AMA update today. It was the design team, and we also had uh, Hubert in there as well to go over some game mechanics. And so the, the first thing that I want to talk about were a couple of uh, points that stuck out to me and then get your guys' feedback on, in fact, your strategies or gameplay going forward. So Uh, The first item that that I thought was interesting was there's a few questions around the the future of hero combat. And so something from the data, I know you've looked at this, Nindorf, Mr. Zipper asked a question, but it's clear that there are hero abilities um, that that are built into the system. We just don't have a lot of, um, you know, uh, understanding of, of how those will manifest. And so, it sounds like, as I'm kind of like piecing things together and, of course, drawing on on my past of playing video games, specifically RPGs, that eventually uh, heroes are NFTs. Um, and as you saw from leveling up, they're earning skill points. And at some point, we're going to be able to use those skill points to have some number of abilities per hero that will be there for for the combat quest. So I, I thought that was uh, a, a pretty neat nugget and something that's exciting uh, has me looking forward to uh, to hero combat. So, Nindorf, let's start with you. What do you think of that?
2: Yeah, I think that's very fascinating. And the skill point concept, I don't know why I never even considered that. And then you dropped the announcement. I, I think it was uh, Bolon or whoever it was about, oh, yeah, by the way, and you'll see skill points. And I was like, oh, of course, it's it's got to be skill points for an RPG game. And then, you know, your your brain starts spinning. How are we going to spend these? What what are these skills we get to choose from? Where's the skill tree, right? I mean, you, you know, you've got to start maxing that out. So.
0: Yeah, right, right. So uh, yours truly actually had a chance to, during his lunch break, uh, I was scarfing down some food, had a chance to ask a question, kind of fumbled it around a little bit, but ultimately try to ask about the the balance of having a, a, a diverse hero party, again, thinking about RPGs or video games um for for combat quests and it sounds like uh hubert did confirm that that there you can send up to three heroes it makes sense to have them you know not all be the same class samich uh what do you think about that and how are you planning on leveling up your your hero stable to make sure you're prepared for war combat
1: uh that's awesome i mean i think that's going to introduce a whole. I mean, that's pretty much any game with combat and parties. You kind of need that like party dynamic where certain heroes and party members will be good at certain things and not good at other things. You know, it reminds me kind of of like Diablo 3, I played a decent amount of, and you've got, you know, heroes that spec purely as like support, glass cannon ranged builds, tanky frontliner builds that don't do any damage but soak everything up. So, the thought of like being able to theorycraft around that is really exciting um and as it relates to my summoning and you know impacting that it's been kind of i've been taking a similar approach i I didn't know and i don't know what's going to happen but i am trying to level up you know a diverse set of heroes like i'm not just leveling up miners and warriors and knights you know i've most of my leveling has been geared towards heroes that I think are going to be combat-oriented as opposed to profession-oriented. And within that subclass of combat-oriented heroes, I am kind of, you know, I've gotten, like, the back of my head, like, you know, hopefully this archer, I'm going, to like, going all in on, like, decks and, you know, just with the very limited info we have in the docs stats that I think would benefit, you know, an archer as, like, you know, backline glass cannon type of build. And um, obviously... speculating, have no idea how it's going to turn out, but definitely trying to level up a variety of heroes.
0: Right, I totally agree. And I love the trip down memory lane on Diablo. Uh, That takes Nindorf and I back. I remember uh, we've, (laughs) we've done a few quests there too. Love you bringing up about Diablo is, I actually have seen it brought up a couple times in Discord. I think it's fair to say that this has been formative in kind of Hubert's outlook on the design of the game he referenced it today in the AMA, and I saw it referenced in a Discord chat that he posted once. Now, Neindorf, you looked at this and, and you keyed me on it, but he mentioned something about luck playing an, an important role in the future. Do you recall what that was?
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to remember the specifics, but it was, it was a relatively early AMA, and he basically made it seem, he, you know, he reiterated that fact that it's going to have an impact on everything. And I think the question was originally around summoning at the time, because again, there wasn't really much else you could do with these NFTs. But I think that as we've gone forward and now we're starting to talk about, you know, adventure, combat quests, I am pretty confident that he's going to have that built into these contracts, into these, you know, these roles that you're going to get, even maybe these possibilities of winning land in the quest. So I, I, I am personally a firm believer in the luck stat um, and also to to play off what Samish said too. Um, you know, picking heroes, I definitely have a guy that I picked out as he's only a rare for, you know, so he's not maybe the greatest, but I'm definitely leveling up his you know vitality along with his endurance, thinking of specifically building that tanky soak up the damage kind of guy.
0: Nice, nice. So something else that they they brought up on the AMA today now switching subjects a bit is that there is going to be, an item auction house it sounds like it's going to be located in the tavern and it'll be a place for for here uh for users to to uh sell their items that's a little different than the marketplace where you can be hamstrung by limited liquidity of of what's out there in the marketplace and and neindorf i believe you uh were thinking about or had some speculation on uh hero sales and and how an auction there could evolve and be different in the future
2: yeah. That was another thing that the API I'll show you. If you look, they call them auctions and there's like starting and ending prices and durations. And I believe I also caught some wind of that on a, on an AMA also that um, I believe it was Hubert or maybe it was Frisky said that, you know, they'd plan to potentially support auctions for heroes so that you don't have to, you know, you say you list a hero for 200 jewel and then two days later, now it's you know 180 and it, you know, it gets kind of tedious to go in and recalculate all that all the time. So I, I think that might be something else we'll see moving forward to help make selling heroes easier.
0: Nice, nice. So, you know, as I mentioned earlier, today is Mo- Monday, December 13th. And this Wednesday, and I can't believe it was really not brought up on the AMA, but this Wednesday, gardening drops. This is uh, the the three of the four legs on the chair. So, Samich, why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, the mechanics of gardening as as you understand them?
1: Yeah, sure. So I had to I had to go back and like consult what my friends and I refer to as the sacred texts, which is, uh, you know, Hubert's all his discord messages, which at this point, there's a lot of them. But uh, looking at it, it's this is my understanding of how it'll work. So you have um, a gardener, one gardener, you can send one hero. And I, I shouldn't say gardener because that infers that they have to have the gardening gene. They don't have to have the gardening gene. So one hero per liquidity pool. And right now there are, I think that's re- with respect to the incentivized pools, right? So like, you know, not some random LP pool that somebody creates. And there's 14 incentivized liquidity pools right now. So, uh, I mean, if, you, if you, you could send out a hero on each one of those, and then <clears throat> the rewards you get, Depend on whether you have liquidity, you're providing liquidity in that pool, or not. And the ones in which you are providing liquidity, that will essentially open up uh, the opportunity to just straight up earn jewel rewards. And uh, you know, it's not, and it's not this concept of like locked and unlocked, like gardening rewards. This is just a, a quest reward straight from the quest pool. And then for pools where you don't have liquidity provided you can still quest there and you can just earn other items you know they've referenced things like herbs things to make potions they've referenced in the past that there is going to be an egg for every single type of profession so you know foraging has gray eggs fishing has blue eggs gardening will have an egg and mining will have an egg so um, i suspect uh, eggs are on the table for that for those uh, quests and then you know just i think just crafting items and i suspect there will be a healthy dose of just items that are intended to be sold to zada the vendor
2: so uh let's take some bets what do you think the new version of the garden bloater is going to be
0: i mean there's already the ragweed right so it's i don't know it's got to be some kind of uh we need or something like that
1: maybe it'll be like (laughs) some sort of carrots for all the bun buns
0: Oh yes, people love those things.
1: Yeah, people people go ham on those pom poms.
0: If my if my egg hatches into bun bun, I'm going to be a little disappointed. Don't come <laughs> after me, bun bun community.
2: Oh, that's right. You got an egg. You lucky. That's nice. You I'm got a
1: gray or a blue egg.
0: I I landed a blue egg. Yeah, I'm feeling uh feeling lucky. All right, so now there will also be similar stamina mechanics for on-profession, off-profession, but it's going to be a different amount of time for gardening. Is that right? Do you guys know off the top of your head, or is that something that we'll have to to share in the documents later with our listeners?
1: Uh, Yeah, it's – oh, man, I had it it pulled up earlier. So I think it was 200 – did he say – you'd essentially be able to run for 10 minutes per stamina point. I think that was if you had the gene. I should probably be double not, check that though.
0: But <laughs> it'd be nice to be checking my my phone uh, <laughs> a little less often. So uh, while you look that up, uh, we'll we'll keep talking. Um, level up strategy. So you know now we're almost a week into to leveling up. Uh, we have the uh, the meditation circle, which is amazing. Um, And there's also the atonement runes and and knowledge of that that dropped as well. We can dive into that a little bit later. Um, My strategy was going to be leveling up uh, three to five heroes at a time. And I'll admit, I went a little level up crazy um, and leveled up. I I think seven of, of my 15 heroes that I have, Uh, it was just a little too addicting. um, And I, I just had to keep going. Now I imagine as the, the, Shiva's runes costs continue to increase level over level, that'll probably tone that back to somewhere between three or five. Again, trying to build that that balanced party, party of heroes. How about you, Neindorf? Uh, what have you been doing?
2: Yeah, I think I fell into the same sort of deal. I, I didn't anticipate doing as many, but yeah, one rune and what, 0. 0.1 jewels is, is cheap to get a nice, you know, what, somewhere between five and ten stat points or something like that. So yeah, I think I did. I think I did about seven or so as well. Although I probably will hold off on all but my top two or three now. Similar to like you said, it just seems to make sense as as runes are um, more and more of them will be found too. And and that was another. Maybe this is almost a retraction from my statement in the previous podcast where I thought maybe runes would start to get expensive. They've actually come down. I think I saw them this morning that they were like four jewel a piece or something like that. So, I, you know, maybe they won't be as as big of a deal to level everybody up. But at least for now, until I can find more questing, I'll I'll probably tone it down a little bit as well.
0: Yeah. And and Samich, you're going to have to to jump in here. You were recently on a podcast. Do you want to give it a shout real quick? Because you guys dropped kind of a, a logic nugget about, you know, the fact that two more uh, quests are dropping and that heroes will have a five times more likely chance to get a, a rune in the profession that aligns, um, uh, with, or in a quest that aligns with their profession that act in effect, it's kind of almost doubling, uh, the amount of runes that are, that are out there on the marketplace. Um, that hit me and I was like, oh yeah, that, that makes a ton of sense. Go ahead and, uh, give us the name of, of that podcast that you were on recently
1: yeah so that's uh the inner grove and um i'll be i will be i think consistently uh airing with those guys but yeah we just we're trying to tackle like kind of hot issues that we see you know in the discord and i mean we're all very into the game as well like my my close group of friends and so we're just trying to like like you guys are doing right now talk over these issues like we like we do just in real life you know like hey what are we doing with shvoss you know and so yeah we talked about this on our last podcast episode and the way you know the way that it works if you have it's like a 0.2 percent drop rate without a profession gene and if you have the profession gene then it's one percent so it's a 5x increase and so what that means is we've got an army of gardeners and um, miners right now who are running foraging and fishing quests who are essentially Trying to pull runes at a 0.2% rate. And once they're able to start actually doing their profession, that will increase their rate 5x. <clears throat> and you know, as, at a very basic level, you could just stand back and say, okay, well, if we had two, we have two professions running right now, and assuming an equal distribution of gardeners, miners, foragers, and fishers, we should have essentially an, a, a double amount of s- supply once gardening and mining are out. And I I did mention this on the podcast at the time, that at the same time, we're also going to start seeing people hit level three, level four, level five, you know, and those will require more and more runes. But I don't think that the rate, the increased rate of consumption is going to be on par with the increased supply, just because it's every subsequent level is going to take a long time. But I don't know, man, I've had terrible drop rates with runes, so who knows? (laughs)
0: yeah and i tried to stock up on tiers right before the price plummeted so it's a little bit of a a gambler's market out there as well
2: yeah and i think we should also note too that they've made it fairly clear that this you know this is definitely a, a kind of game where the more you put into it the more you'll earn and i think kind of in those same regards they they want these first few levels to be relatively inexpensive so i think that I would agree with your statement that these first level runes are probably going to be fairly affordable. Now, what is it? Every 10 levels, the rune type changes. And then I, I expect that to grow in expense fairly quickly.
0: Yeah. I think the, in correct me if I'm wrong, sandwich, but I think the rune type changes, but also then you see a decrease kind of an inverse escalation of of the prior rune and so the shivas rune for one to ten goes up um every odd hero level up um so then at the end you you require five at level 10 and then it, it starts to scale down all the way to level 20 and then that cycles on and off for whichever rune um you know so then the next rune that's between 10 and 20 um, you know that one will then uh, escalate down between twenty and thirty. Is that right, Samit?
1: Yeah, yeah. And they actually just put a a updated image in the docs on this that's really helpful. So like scaling from level zero to ten will will go from one shvas rune up to to five, and then levels ten to twenty uh, will always be six runes. But the it's like you said, like ten to eleven will be five shvas and one of this level two, which is called. Moksha rune. Um, then you hit level 12 and it, and it goes down from five to four Shvas, but then two Moksha. And then by the time you hit level 20, it's only one Shvas rune, but five Moksha. And then I fully suspect that to, from levels 21 to 30, be, you know, just repeat that cycle with, you know, the Moksha, which is the level two rune, and then a level three rune.
0: Nice, nice.
1: So essentially you have, I think, I suspect you'll have six. Once you hit level ten, it's always going to cost six runes. It's just going to be a varied amount of like the level two, the, you know, the current level rune and the, the next level rune that scales up as right. you. Okay. By the way, I I did I looked at the Lost Annals of Gaia, and if you have the guard like currently, right? I mean, obviously everything can change, and they, he specifically Hubert has specifically said. Everything's subject to change, but as of December first, the plan was your gardener could run for 120 minutes, gardening and mining without a gene, the, the the applicable profession gene, and 250 minutes with the applicable profession gene. Wow! So
2: that's actually very useful when you start to consider how many of these um, profession-specific heroes you might want to keep on your roster.
0: Yeah, right, right. so if
1: it takes, what, eight hours to replenish 25 stamina? You run them for 250 minutes, that's um, four hours. I mean, if you wanted to have gardeners running nonstop in all 14 gardens, you could have an army.
0: Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> what are you going to do with all that jewel? <laughs> <laughs> all right, well... Uh, let's go now to our our Gen Zero check in. So, so Nindorf, um, we decided this this last round. And for those of you who are are new listeners to to the podcast, Nindorf and I, as long as, as well as uh, one other investing partner, we have two uh, Gen Zeros. We're fortunate enough of that uh, between the three of us, and so uh, we share the Gen Zeros, and and we decided that. It'd be nice um, for everyone to be able to do two summons with each of the Gen Zeros before their turn is up and they share the Gen Zeros uh, to the next person in line. So tell us, uh, you just got done with your your second turn. What was your strategy?
2: Yeah, so I mean, I was looking at uh, floor prices and everything, and it had shifted a little bit since the previous time. And I, I noticed, you know, since we've got both a pirate and a monk, I'd seen that there were relatively few monks for rent. So I was like, you know what? Our monk also was on a cooldown cycle that ended about three hours before our pirate. So I was like, you know what? I'll just put a high number out there. I was like, I think I'm going to pull the trigger on rent and for say, I think it was 60 jewel. I ended up going for, um, I know we said we were almost never going to do that, but yeah, I did it. I rented him out.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, I couldn't disagree with it more um and as our obligatory jurassic park quote uh makes an introduction um as john hammond says i don't believe it you're meant to come down here and defend me against these characters and the only one i've got is the blood-sucking lawyers and in this case i got sandwich punch our very own attorney (laughs) (laughs) nice job uh here so uh yeah sorry for uh throwing some shade here um probably first and last time you'll guest on our podcast <laughs> <Yeah.
1: laughs> now it, it comes with the gig right that's <laughs> just like uh, we took a class on that in law school and how to take take attorney jokes so
0: we're nice. good nice. <laughs> well, well i'm glad you got thick skin so um let's bounce to you recently had a uh, a recent post here today december 13th sandwich on kind of your uh possible Gen Zero uh, strategy or a proposal for a strategy on, on uh, summoning and whether or not to go for advanced classes uh, with a Gen Zero?
1: Yeah, so um, definitely I would recommend giving it a read um, to anybody listening. It's on my Medium account, but to kind of give a high level view of it and um, let me lead with the quote, not financial advice disclaimer but yeah, <laughs> um the so essentially the concept is uh, what i what i see happening often is that people have a gen zero let's say you have an archer and so you're like okay i'm gonna rent a thief i'm gonna pair these together and shoot for a dark knight gen one dark knight you know which would come out with five out of five summons and, I, and i'll spare you the, like the gruesome details but for multiple reasons I think that you can be very profitable by instead of summoning, shooting for an advanced class straight out the gate, you shoot for a, a pure Gen 1. And I have to caveat that as well. A lot of people think by pure, I mean like the, the primary class and subclass are the same. But that is not what I mean. I'm, I'm talking about pure in the sense of your primary class gene has the same dominant gene it's um, so like if it's an archer their dominant primary class gene is obviously archer but then they also every hero has three recessive genes so r1r2 and r3 and it's essentially the concept of making breeding two archers together so that you know it comes out with a dominant archer gene but that the other summoned uh, summoning hero's dominant archer gene also comes in and takes place of uh, one of the recessive genes and then what that can do is help level out some of the variants that you experience when you summon, you know, a warrior and a wizard and end up with a summoner, right? That that's the that's the uh, that's the effect of recessive genes at play. So, you know, that's one reason it's cheaper to summon with gen ones. Uh, you can do it faster, you know, you're not on a 3 second cooldown. So you you just you make these guys one time and you can pop out five summons. You can pop out up to five advanced summons if you're lucky. Uh, at a cheaper cost than 30 joule per per hero because gen 1s start with 16 joule per hero cost as opposed to pretty much everyone's gen zero which is at 30 joule now. And at the same time, so you can be running this whole chain of like advanced summon cycles with these two pure gen 1s. And then still doing you know what you you know on the next the next time your gen 0s are off cooldown, you can either repeat that again or just go back to what you were doing. You could rent them out you uh, rent them out to fuel the gen one summoning costs you can just shoot for advanced classes right out the gate again but I think there's uh some arguments for and against it uh and but I think definitely think it's something to consider
0: yeah as, as you were talking about this and you know a great idea i i I love the the uniqueness of it is I, I wonder if that could be a future project for us to try to figure out is there a way that you can understand what the recessive genes are um whether it's through trial and error on a hero and and you know summoning over time uh especially if it's a you know gen zero that has infinite summons um could we perhaps understand because right now it's it's just uh gibberish or gobbledygook um as it appears in the data that you don't really know what the recessive genes are right
1: yeah Although I will say there are some very smart people out there. Uh, There's some developers out in the community. They have, you know, that there there is access to quote, you know, the summoning contract, and with a specific hero ID, they can run a lot of simulations and effectively pull out those recessives. Uh, And I would not be surprised if we see a tool come out on that soon. Not only that, Hubert has mentioned that he wants to make that like available information. I don't know where you'd see it. Maybe it's like mousing over the primary class or something. But he did mention he wants to make it so that you can see what your three recessive genes are. And I think once that, you know, they're not trying to hide it. And they're not trying to only give an advantage to, you know, developers who can parse the code and, you know, run simulations on it, which is possible. They, I think, it's just a matter of implementing it. So, and it's a matter of time before everyone, you know, can see all that. But
2: I was just gonna say too, like with the new artwork that they've done on these hero cards, I think that they're trying to put just the pertinent information out there because I don't know, those things look awesome right now, and if you put you start listing a bunch of stats, I think they're going to take away from the aesthetic. So I think that's probably part of it.
1: Yeah. And, you know, maybe the place for that is like when you click on the hero details or something, you you might be able to see some of that data. But but yeah, those cards already have a lot of information on them and they look great. And it's definitely going to be a balance like between giving players the information they need to make informed decisions and not having like a super loud and noisy... Artwork,
0: Yeah, and I, I think there's also been, you know, a, a little bit of excitement in the development uh, team for people to go on the, uh, you know, the, the wild goose chase or the, you know, the Where's Waldo hunt to try to uncover some of this information um, as well. And so I, I think they kind of like the community trying to figure this stuff out and then finding a way to to publish it or make that information more readily accessible, once that that gold nugget is found,
1: yeah, you can tell Frisky loves that. He's mentioned he, he's always mentioning on AMAs and stuff that he's super excited to see what the community comes up with. Anytime he talks about the subgraph, he mentions that.
0: Right, right, all right. So now, uh, time for us to talk about our, our current projects. Um, I have released a, a version of the uh, the calculator um, for for using that. It, it's a um, Excel sheet rather a, a Google Docs that's downloadable, uh, or you could use it to look at summoning with two basics um, and trying to get to an advanced class. So if you were to use Sandwich's strategy of having two Gen 1s and you're trying to get that advanced class, um, you can use that tool along with plugging in those, again, not financial advice, um, at your own risk. Uh, go ahead and, and grab the floor prices of... The, the the basics that you're trying to summon with and the advanced class um, and then there's a section for what i call random hero which is the activation of any of the uh the recessive genes um and when oh, you yeah, plug in those steve flors- the pirate,
2: like i keep getting
0: <laughs> yeah steve the pirate <laughs> our <laughs> our running joke of uh, steve the pirate's a forager who goes out and just comes back with ragweed Uh, zero to uh, his experience and zero increase in his foraging skill. He just goes and takes naps. So um, you can use this calculator, uh, plug in the floor prices, and it can give you an expected value of every time that you summon, this is potentially how much you can make back in jewels with the current market prices, assuming that all of our data is correct. Again, use this at your own risk. All right. So, The last uh the project that that we have going on is uh we're trying to get more subscribers we are now on uh itunes and on google podcasts as well as spotify and anchor and so please subscribe and once we hit uh 200 subscribers which is a big milestone for us we are going to allow uh, two members of of our community to access our gen zeros for summoning at cost and so um, we're going to allow two people to to uh, go ahead and, and use our, our Gen Zeros. We're only going to charge them for the summoning fees of the heroes, and that allows them to get a very cost-effective uh, Gen 1 as a, a thank you to the amazing community and the listeners that, that we're building up. So um, with that, any closing remarks? Uh, let's start with you, Samich.
1: Um, you know, I just first of all grateful that for the opportunity to join you guys on this super excited about defi kingdoms in general but um i'm definitely looking forward to these this tool that you have uh i definitely want to take a look at it so thanks for putting that together and that's super awesome the you know the giveaway for the gen zeros that's that's pretty exciting you know that it, it'll be cool to see i hope you uh i don't know live stream it or something because it's always fun to see people pull you know really high rarity cards
0: Yeah, that that would be a lot of fun. Um, Listeners out there who know how to use YouTube really well, uh, let me know. I've already had some feedback of get on YouTube, get on YouTube. We're trying to decide if this is going to be a multimedia stream or not. Um, But it it sounds like uh, the community is certainly pulling us that direction. So if anyone has suggestions on on how to set that up, uh, go ahead and shoot me uh, a DM in uh, Discord. All right, well, Neindorf, any close?
2: Oh, yeah, no, I think that like you guys have said, I'll just reiterate a little bit you know it's this is a this is a really fun opportunity for us and and doing a giveaway something that um you know the community loves it's always fun to see, and you know all the the it you know I can remember the last time they've done a big giveaway on discord, it blows up and you you almost can't even watch it. the thing is just going nuts so so to you know take part in something like that's always fun and uh, oh, yeah, and a little caveat to our uh our summoning. I think we should allow them to rent out the Gen Zero, too. Justin, I'm just saying, I don't think I lost the argument yet.
0: <laughs> no, I, I, I think that's all right, too. Um, and just, uh, I guess we could give some details to our listeners as well. Uh, we have a, a Pirate Wizard Gardener is the uh, the first Gen Zero that we have. Um, and then the second Gen Zero that we have is a Monk. I don't remember what his secondary class is. Do you off the top of your head, Nindor?
2: Yeah, I forget. There's too many
0: heroes floating around. Uh, but he's a, a monk fisher. Pick that up. So if you do some of them together, you have a chance to get that, that ninja fisher. So uh, just something to throw out there. And uh, uh, we really hope we can achieve that milestone. And, and thank you, everyone, for uh, listening to the podcast and helping us get there. So uh, that's it for Raf in the uh, hot air balloon high above the keep. Thank you very much for listening. And take care, guys.